This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! This episode of the Bedpost Podcast is sponsored in part by the Love and Luck Podcast. Love and Luck is a fictional radio play podcast told via voicemails. It's a slice of life queer romance story with a touch of magic. To find out more about the Love and Luck Podcast, visit their website, loveandluckpodcast.com. Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Aaron Pym, and I am the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I like to invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality a little more in-depthly with me. This week, I have a really special guest, burlesque performer, Atomic Pixie. Hi. 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 (laughs) How you do? I'm good. Yeah? Yes, I'm good. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having We've, me. I've been trying to nail you down for a while. <laughs> I'm elusive. You're you're busy. Yes. You're a busy woman. Yes. Um, you were, tell me where you just were. This month, I've been in Ohio and New Brunswick. New Brunswick just for, like, fun family stuff, and mm-hmm. Ohio for the Ohio Burlesque Festival. Yes. What is that like? What? Uh, it's the second time in a row I've done it, mm-hmm. and it's probably... Like, I haven't done many festivals, Mm -hmm. so it's hard to say which is my favorite festival, but I always have such a good time there. Um, The cast is always super diverse and wonderful, and I love going down there for it. It's really cool being, like, um, so far away from home to do a festival as well. Yeah. Because you can just go and be a burlesque performer for three days. Nice. Whereas when I do the festival here, like, I still have my muggle life and stuff here. <laughs> Your muggle life, yeah. <laughs> Your normal it's, person life. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to go away and just be in, like, showgirl space. For showgirl week, mode. Yeah. That's amazing. Can you tell me even, like, if, if people haven't even seen pictures of you or don't know of you at this point, like, describe who is Atomic Pixie? Atomic Pixie is my even brattier alter ego. <laughs> Slightly <so>. brattier. <laughs> Only slightly. <laughs> um, she is small, but like big and takes up a lot of space and isn't afraid to put herself out there or express herself. And it's all very like in your face and there, like fo- front and forward. And there's no like wall or like shyness or anything like that. So I get to just break out of all that and just be Atomic Pixie, who is so fearless and wonderful. That's in there, though, in your normal life. Is, is. That, is that, like, a part of you that you can play up when mm-hmm. you do burlesque? Um, so a lot of my, like... So I also do LARPing. So yes. I, like, uh, design LARPs and stuff. So a lot of my background's in that. And so it, and even describe of, that for someone who may not oh, even know. Uh, LARPing is live-action role-playing, so it's kind of like... It's collaborative storytelling, and it's usually, like, in a fantasy setting. So it's kind of like D&D but in the woods with your friends. Yeah. (laughs) Like, standing up and in costume and stuff. So I always try to pull on a couple aspects of myself when making a character, whether they're my good sides or my bad sides. I just saw your nails. (laughs) Thank you. So nice. (laughs) I need to get them redone. Yes. I love getting my nails done. Like black tips. 
like black, like claw-like tips mm-hmm. almost. Oh my God. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Go right ahead. <laughs> so you put a little bit of yourself in. I try to put a little all bit of myself and then things that are either, I either exaggerate it or add it to something that's not quite me. And so I'm definitely a lot more, um, uh, like think twice more than like Atomic Pixie is where, mm. where I try to put like, just like shut down those filters and just be as honestly me as I can yeah. as her. Yeah. Whereas me, I always like, is this okay? Is that okay? And I try to just like shut that out with her. Where do you s- source that? Like how, how are you able to do that? Like to just turn that off and turn um, this part on? I think it's mostly like a practice thing and it comes from playing lots of different characters at like things like LARP and D&D and stuff like that. And so... Um, I've played so many different characters and been able to like find myself in all of them. Yeah. And so I can do that like backwards as well. Whereas I find a part of myself and turn it into another person. That's amazing. So it's all like autobiographical. It's all like parts of you and stuff like that. Do you have Mm -hmm. like an acting background or like a performance background? Not, not super. No, I did like a bit of like musical theater, but me too. (laughs) (laughs) Musicals. So lame, but so fucking fun. (laughs) So where did you, like, begin with all this burlesque stuff? Uh, I started with burlesque was actually... I keep talking about LARP. Um, (laughs) LARPing. uh, One of the LARPs I run always does, like, cabaret to raise money in the winter. Okay. And so um, I started there, and then I did a couple performances there, and then... Burlesquing? Burlesque, yeah. It's called Last Night on Earth. It's a post-apocalyptic-themed cabaret. Yeah. And so I did burlesque performances there, and then I heard about... um, the Toronto School of Burlesque mm-hmm. at a convention. And so I started taking classes there and I started working with, with uh, Red gang. Herring in her school. Yeah. Did you, how did you know how to do it when you're doing this like Last Day on Earth show? Um, how did you even know how to do YouTube? it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll look it up on YouTube and just kind of mimic and, and play. Yeah. And... and I had a friend who did a bit of it. So she gave me some advice. Yeah. 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 But mostly YouTube. Because <laughs> there's like, there's a real art to it. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot, like, oh my god, I would never want to see those videos again <laughs> after having taken classes and stuff and actually learned, like, the structure to it. Right. Oh god, I would never want to look back at <laughs> videos or pictures. <laughs> um, what, like, is there a formula, like, to, like, what's, what's the... There is a formula. There's a formula of, like, um... Because there's so many styles. There's a thousand there's gazillion ways is. to do it. And it's definitely, like, for me at least, I see it as something like you learn the rules before you break them ah, yeah. kind of thing. And so you learn the structure and then you learn how to uh, deviate from it and create, like, something so different. And so what's the basic, like... The basic structure is probably based around um, reveals. And so there's, okay. like, a structure to how you take off a piece of clothes. Like, you display it first. Yeah. And then you pull it off and then you flaunt it and then you discard it. Yeah. And so it's how you get from one step to the last one. Right. But And there are a million ways you can do it. And there are a million ways and a million different kinds of clothes you can have on your body and you have to do these steps with each article of clothing. Yeah. And like create an arc of a, a performance. Yeah. And so, but it's all just kind of wrapped around like those steps. Yeah. And it's like, so how can I get my glove off in the most interesting way possible? Like how can I make you scream for the fact that I'm like, showing, showing my, you forearm. my forearm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How can I make that like just the most sexy, entertaining thing? And interesting. Or funny or yeah. sad. 
yeah. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Good points. Yeah. Um, what was your style when you first started doing it and, and has it evolved? It has. So I gravitate really heavily to like the very punky, fast, like energetic kind of stuff. And so lately I've been trying to do like more classic stuff mm. and trying to find my own style in that. Mm hmm. Because, like, I want to be a diverse person, and so when something's challenging for me, I like to explore it. So, like, classic feels so uncomfortable for me. Like, it's just, it's so, like, not how I am. Like, being all, like, poised and, like, pretty and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, so it's super challenging. And there are, like, some people are like, oh, play with your strengths. Like, only do the things that you feel comfortable and good at. And that's perfectly fine, too. But I like to try and, like, no, no, I want to take this and I want to make it mine. Like, I want to take this thing that makes me uncomfortable, and I want to find a way that I can feel comfortable, like, comfortable and happy and, like... And have your spin on and it. And my own spin on it. Yeah. So Finding I've been working... Pixie's way to yeah, do all these different harder things. Harder on, like... I've been working on slowing down, and I've been working on um, just trying different styles and colors and stuff that I wouldn't usually navigate. Where did that kind of punk aesthetic come from? Or, like, that hardcore aesthetic where... I think it's, like... It's kind of just... Like, that's how I dress a lot and that's how I am a lot but yeah that's from your personal life yeah mostly from my personal or your style and your personal life it's yeah 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 so it's more natural to do that obviously yeah yeah yeah. have you always thought of that has that always been like what's sexy what you like what you define as sexy is that kind of what you think of naturally as like this hardcore chick yeah yeah that's what comes to mind and so like that's what makes me feel sexy and that's what makes me feel good and yeah. When I see that, that's what I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. To aspire to. <laughs> that thing, that thing. I yeah. want that <laughs> to do that. So, yeah. So how, what are you doing then to kind of, I guess, have like a softer edge or like a... Um, I've been what? taking like private uh, lessons with other performers. Yeah. So yeah. I'll take my acts to them and get them to Oh, I me. love that. Like workshop it. Yeah, like... workshop my acts. Um, oh, that's great. So I've tried to make a couple more classic acts and I'll... And they, they are uncomfortable for me, and I, I don't ease into them as easily as I do my punk stuff. And so I'll, I'll workshop it with other performers, like Ruth O'Dare was in town, and so I ran some of my stuff past her. Mm-hmm. Um, Rhapsody Blue was in town, and I ran my stuff past her, and I run my stuff by Red all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's the owner? In- of the Toronto School of Burlesque, yeah. 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 And just to try and get their insight on it, yeah. especially if they're performers that I admire for those styles and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for like a softer, more... more mm-hmm. um, sensual kind of a performance Mm -hmm. yeah what kind of things what are like what are some tips that they throw at you or what what are some critiques or or suggestions they Um, do give you the biggest suggestions I have is to like the one I found the most useful is to stop like trying stop thinking of it as something so different from what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and like stop saying I'm not doing this I'm doing this say like I'm doing this in this way and so stop trying to think of classical burlesque or slower burlesque as something foreign and different and just add the moves that I'm doing from my other stuff and like bring myself into it mm-hmm. and stop thinking of it as something that I'm not. So different. Pull yeah. it into who I am. Yeah. As opposed to trying like, like I'm never going to do classic the way another performer is and don't like. Don't just try don't to mimic yourself. what Red's doing. Yeah, yeah, don't. Exactly. Yeah. Put yourself in there and realize that 
like how this person does something is never going to look the same way you do it because you're different people. Yeah. <laughs> you have a different body. Yeah. You have a different history. It's not history. a matter of like better or worse. It's mm. just never going to look exactly the same. Yeah. You have different movement backgrounds, dance mm-hmm. backgrounds, exactly, yeah. experience level, levels, like mm-hmm. literally every little thing is going to inform what you're doing. How do you create a routine? What's your process? Uh, the first thing that usually comes to me is either song or costume yep. concept. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing costuming for a long time and so do you have trained, do you have training in that? No, that's all just, all just from LARPing. Yeah, all just from LARPing. Like gotta make a cloak. So I learned how to sew. <laughs> nice. Um, you don't want to pay 500 bucks for this. No, it's so expensive. And the same leather. with burlesque stuff. It's so yeah. expensive. Yeah. If you had to buy all your burlesque stuff. Oh, it would be so much more than I actually spend on it. Yeah. yeah. So you're making, you're making everything. Uh, yeah. I started, like when I first started, I bought a lot of my stuff and it was just, it was it gets, very expensive. And, yeah. Like it's getting cheaper as I go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a lot of bargain bin fabric. <laughs> yeah, you got to be smart about it, right? Mm-hmm. So you come up with a costume or a song choice, then mm-hmm. then what? Uh, choreo is usually the last thing that comes to me. Um, and so, yeah, I'll think of the costume. And so then I'll have, okay, so this costume has two gloves, a bra, and a skirt. Mm-hmm. So I have to figure out, like, usually I'll go with um, taking like glove, taking your gloves off first, and then you escalate mm-hmm. to your bra. Yeah. Um, and so figure out how to take those off in, like, different ways and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you get, like, an idea of, like, the character when you look at the costume? Or are you like, okay, this woman is, you know, she does this for a living. Like, she's a spy. And she, like, has to, like, do you think of a narrative? or There's like a character in a, a narrative? character in a narrative. It's not usually that elaborate. <laughs> that dumb? I'm not... <laughs> I'm like, she's a super spy. No. There are definitely <laughs> no, people she isn't. that have much, like, so much, like, story to what they're doing. And mine is usually, like, a character progression. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I have a boxing act. Mm-hmm. And so, in my mind. I've seen pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, in my mind, so what I'm doing is I'm, um, like, intimidating an opponent. Right. And so, I'm, like, getting prepped before a boxing match to intimidate my opponent. Or I have one, um, to a to Beyonce's uh, Daddy Lessons and um, Maneater mashup, mm-hmm. and so that's a character that's coming from being shy and withdrawn out into being like a powerful person. And Great. so I use those kind of arcs as a little less than like a very like this person is going to work and their name is Susan and. Yeah. And this is happening, and yeah. then she goes here, and this thing happens, mm-hmm. and then how does she deal with it? And then this, yeah, so it's yeah. kind of more of like, yeah. It's more, so, I guess, a character arc than an actual narrative arc, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have, have you had, like, a dance background? Did I ask you that? Uh, I do or not mo- have movement? any movement or dance background, really. Um, do you think you need, well, I guess you don't, <laughs> until you started taking classes at, like, Toronto School of Burlesque, yeah. but, like... Do you find a lot of people do have dance backgrounds, or do, um, do people just I find it's, jump it's into really burlesque? diverse. Um, having having a dance background isn't necessary, mm-hmm. but because you can pick it up at any age enough to. But having like some kind of dance basics is very very helpful. Right, it's really really helpful. Um, so especially like ballet is a really good one to have a couple like a, at least a base understanding of. Yeah, just um, so you know, because I can imagine like. A lot of people don't even know how to move their bodies in the way that they want to. Yeah. Like, they can we're, pic- we're picture what so they... We're so disconnected from our bodies. Yeah, Like, yeah. from society and stuff like that. We're just taught to, like, hide it and keep it somewhere else and not really think about it. And so, like, 
learning how to move, like, like I couldn't shimmy when I first started. Yeah, right, Like, yeah. I didn't know how to, like, move my shoulders independently from the rest of my body. Yeah, like, isolation. I had no idea how to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that's just stuff I've learned over time by taking classes and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you move your hips? How do you, yeah. like, because... You know, yeah, you can picture it in your head what you want it to look like, but it's like, how oh, do yeah. I, how do how I, do I p- get there? To, yeah, how do you, mm-hmm. I do that. <laughs> how do I get my hips to do that? Yeah. It's like, well, practice. It's a looking lot more in the complicated me- than it looks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, because a lot of people don't move naturally, you know, unless you've grown up doing dance and doing performance, mm-hmm. like, you're not going to move that sensually and sexually, no. just like suddenly. It's just like body awareness, right? Like, yeah. to be able to, to know like how you look when you're moving and stuff like that is, yeah. is very difficult to are there like out. do you find there's been like like habits that you've had to break there has it's been less about like dancey but even just like mostly when I'm standing still is when I have to be more like aware of what I'm doing mm-hmm. um because like dead arms are a bad one where you're like on stage and your arms are just kind of flopped somewhere right and so like just remembering to keep it here have them keep engaged your shoulders up have your like, every part of your body engaged, because I'm not, because I didn't have a dance background, I wasn't used to thinking about every (laughs) spot on my body and what it's doing at the same time, so it's like, okay, I'm over here doing something with this arm. But the other arm. But, like, is the other arm just like this? Like, (laughs) just a claw, a weird claw. early pictures of me, and it was, like, like, just some weird thing happening with my, like, my active arm, or whatever I want to, like, whatever it's called. Yeah. So I'll be focused on this one, and this one will just be over here, like, (laughs) just just doing something (laughs) weird. Crazy claw. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or, like, feet. Feet are a big one, too. Oh, yeah. Pointed, and... Like I'm, um, I'm actually a pigeon tone. Okay, so, so like my turning feet in turn. a bit. So when I walk, that's that's why I have to try to like. As long as I'm thinking about it, they don't do it. Mm-hmm. So like I have to stop myself from standing like that on stage. Yeah. It's not oh, great. that's kind of cute though. I feel like yeah. <laughs> I feel like it could work in yeah. some characters. Some characters. Like in the be- beginning of your your like shy girl. Yeah. Character. She could have. She, in, could but... have, she could be a little pigeon toad. <laughs> <laughs> that's so adorable. What was, like, your first, your very first routine that you came up with? What song? What costume? Uh, my very, very, very first one was to a pretty reckless song. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one. I think it was Going Down. Mm-hmm. And it was a mess. <laughs> it was a mess. It was a total mess. Why? Because... Because I was scared of my body, and so it was oh. just a whole bunch of different ways to cover up my body with while still being naked. Yeah. So, like, having a garter on, and I had, like, this fishnet thing on, and just this whole bunch of ways to still be wearing so many layers of clothes <laughs> while being naked at the same time. Because for some reason, I thought that that would mean that people wouldn't realize I was fat. Like, they just wouldn't right. notice oh, if right. I just covered myself, which made no sense. Right. How did you, like, when did you realize that, or when did you... Um... I guess it was when I started doing it more, like, training with the school and stuff like that, and just the more I performed, and the more people hired me, and people would reach out to hire me, and they'd approach me and stuff like that, and it took a while to realize, like, okay, like, I haven't been, like, and a lot of it was just body consciousness, like, um, I haven't been tricking these people, like, they know I'm fat, everyone knows, nobody's in, like, denial about this. But they're still hiring me. Yeah. They're still cheering for me. Yeah. Like, it's not affecting... How sexy how you're sexy being perceived as. How hireable or... I am. How anything like that. Yeah. Um, how well you're moving. How well I'm performing. And, or how well, like, entertained they are. Mm-hmm. And so, realizing that, I was like, oh, I should, like... 
Embrace. There's no reason for me to, like, I should wear something that feels good. I should wear something that looks good. And wearing tons of layers, it just, it doesn't, like, especially when they're mismatched and <laughs> ill-fitted. It doesn't look great. It looks a lot better to, like, to wear something that, like, suits my body than something that will hide it, or I think will hide it. Yeah. And so that took a little while. Yeah. And so I learned that along the way. Did you have to learn that, like, in your life as well? Like, to feel feel the sexy, feel the, you know, mm-hmm. in your figure? Yeah. In your body? And burlesque definitely helped me, like, translate it to the rest of my life, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I always wonder with, like, when I see performers, like, because they, they have their onstage persona that's so confident and sexy and bombshell mm. and sex bomb. And it's like, I'm curious to know, like, in your personal life, you know, do you feel... You know, do you feel that way? I do. Do you walk like that I down the street? Like, you I know don't. what I mean? I to, like, I feel like since doing burlesque, I've actually, like, toned down a lot my, like, everyday persona. Like, I wear less makeup in my day-to-day life. I wear comfier clothes instead of, like, sexy, sexy clothes because I think it helps me feel just sexy however I am. That's and so I don't feel like I need to dress up like that all the time. And so... That's really um, interesting. It just makes you, yeah, I'm fine in, yeah. It's weird because you think that putting on so much makeup and eyelashes and stuff would f- do the opposite of making you yeah, feel when, fine in your Yeah, then you skin. feel naked when yeah, you're not wearing no, anything. It's, it's the opposite, whereas I just feel more comfortable in my skin. And Because uh, the nice thing about burlesque is that it is really diverse. You see mm. all t- different body types. Every yeah. sh- I feel like every show I see, you see... Uh, tons of people of color. You see different different ages, different experiences, different body types. Yeah, I love that about burlesque shows. I do shows. too because the barrier is just a willingness to learn. Really, mm-hmm. it's like if you want to learn this, you can learn it, and you just have to try. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just how much you want to put into it. Um, whereas, like so many like other more like like even like stripping. And stuff uh, that's like what that. I was thinking. Like compared Any to stripping, of, yeah. burlesque compared to stripping. Whereas it's. Like... it's yeah, the gate's more open to people of, like, diverse bodies and and stuff like that because um, a, f- a fat performer or a person of color or a queer performer or anything could be just as good, but because they don't look a certain way, they're not, like, welcome. Like, which is bullshit. Which is. Yeah. And so that's what's really nice about it is that you get to see talent that you wouldn't otherwise be able to see because, like, people have decided that this is not what other people want to see, which is obviously bullshit, because if people didn't want to see this, they wouldn't come to so many breast shows. Yeah. And they do. And all you lovely ladies wouldn't be getting hard. Which exactly. you are. Yeah. Constantly. So wouldn't be such a big, like, this wouldn't be such a big thing if people didn't actually want to see people yeah. with different bodies and orientations and skin tones. Yeah. So obviously the, all these things are attractive because people keep coming out to see them. Yeah. Oh, man. We're all pretty much out of time already. <laughs> wow. All right, let's, uh, so we talked about burlesque for a little bit. After the break, how about we talk about some some sex stuff from some dating stuff? Who knows what might come up in the second half? <laughs> Everyone, this has been Atomic Pixie, and we're going to take a very quick break talking about the folks at Come As You Are, and then we'll be right back talking to her. Bye! This episode of the Bedpost Podcast is brought to you in part by the Love and Luck Podcast. Love and Luck is a fictional radio play podcast made for people who like healthy relationships and happy endings. Love and Luck's goal is to bring a few minutes of warmth and happiness to listeners once a week. 
The show can be listened to directly from their website at loveandluckpodcast.com, as well as subscribe to and listen to on most podcast platforms, such as iTunes and Pocket Casts. Episodes are also released on YouTube with captions. Check out their social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Love and Luck Podcast, and also on Twitter at Love Luck Podcast. The world needs more cute queer romances, so go check out the Love and Luck Podcast today. This episode has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. Enter coupon code BEDPOST when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive a 15% discount. And don't forget that shipping on orders over $50 is free in Canada. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. Hi everyone, welcome back. We're here at the Bedpost Podcast with Atomic Pixie. Miss Pixie. May I call you Miss Pixie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, okay, so you're like this sex bomb, hardcore chick on stage. What What are you like in your personal life? In my personal life? Yeah. How do you describe yourself, like your, your sexy self in your, uh, in your personal life? I have no idea. Um... <laughs> Is it similar to her, to Pixie? Like, my baseline doesn't feel super sexy, like, when I'm just walking around and stuff like that. Like, I feel pretty sex-off. Oh, yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And so that's something I kind of turn on and then just kind of base me is mostly just kind of Netflix and... uh... And not potato chips. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> not chill is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not chill. <laughs> not chill. Netflix and potato chips. Yeah. Um, are you like what kind of a per? Like what? What is your? I know this is maybe a huge question, but what is like your relationship with uh, with sex? Uh, I used to be really involved in like Toronto's kink scene. Oh yeah. And I used to have like tons of partners and stuff like that, and that's slowed down a lot lately. And I been with one partner for a while now we're mm-hmm. not exclusive but it's just like dating's kind of turned off mm-hmm. and i've just not been as active into, into it like i've been more into like just focusing on what i have and what i'm doing mm-hmm. and so, like your burlesque stuff like my burlesque stuff and yep. my larp stuff and yeah LARP, that's burlesque, just been yeah. more interesting to me i think than like actively pursuing like more sexual relationships yeah yeah uh so you're you're married to your work. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Are you like how full time are you doing burlesque right now? Not, Is that like do you even have time to Uh I don't perform as much as I'd like, but I feel like you do. Uh, you you present that way. <laughs> you do on like your your social media and stuff like that. I like to keep it active. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, yeah. Keep, you keep present engaged. like you're I'm like to forget that I'm here. Yeah. Um... <laughs> how could we though? <laughs> really? How could we? Uh, I think about dating sometimes, but yeah, and then I just think about like, well, I could just work on this instead. Like, actually, I probably should just rhinestone this more. And <laughs> the, I think actually, about all this, yeah, this thing work. needs more rhinestones. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think about all the work that would be like starting to like dating feels like more of a chore to me now than yeah. it used to. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like and maybe like that'll change in the future, but right now it just doesn't. It's not something that's very interesting. Not a focus yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Because at one time you were you were dating a lot, you're saying, and like, yeah, when I was younger, I used to date so many people. I was going yeah. on dates all the time, and that was like just my, like lots of different people all at once. Just lots like, of different date, people date, all date, at once. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, that was primarily like what I did 
was just like hang out with different people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was never home. I was just like I like my little backpack. Yeah, you're and I went from like person to person to person. Yeah. And that was fun. Yeah, and you liked that, was, that, that at the time. At the time. That was and good at the time. Yeah, just right now, um yeah, I went through some rough breakups yeah, in that time. That'll and then do after it. that I've just been more like me focused. Yeah, yeah. That'll do and, it. And like I'm not upset or anything about it. I'm I've not mad been, at it. Like, <laughs> I'm not mad. But I've just been enjoying just like Improving my own skills and stuff like that. and That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Self-care, self-focus, self-love. Yeah, stuff like that. All yeah. that stuff, yeah. And you have a main person? Or or what type of, uh, when you're saying you're kind of non-monogamy, doing your um, non-monogamy thing, so what what type, I, what's I, the format there? Myself, I consider myself polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I consider my partner, like my nesting partner. And so that's the person I, I use that I term too. <laughs> that's funny. I had somebody just say that to me recently that they're like, Oh, nesting partner. I like that. I'm like, yeah, me too. That's like <laughs> yeah. the term I use too. Yeah. I had a person that, um, I had a friend, I have a friend that hates it. Nesting like, partner? She says it sounds too like, uh, like planet earth, like Disney documentary. <laughs> okay. She likes home base. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing. Like your home base. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or even I just say like partner. I don't know. Like just partner. Mm-hmm. Even though everyone's technically a partner, I guess. But mm-hmm. just whatever you whatever term you feel comfortable using. So you are mostly just with the one person though. And your sex life is It's good. Lovely. Yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> I love my sex life. Yeah. Um We're really we're really compatible in that um so I consider myself kind of like solo sexual a lot. Oh, okay. And so like I explain love that. Explain that. Yeah. I yeah. masturbate all the time. Yeah. Um, but I don't like engage in sex all the time. Yeah. Um, those are very two different experiences to me. Like he really gets that, and he's totally fine with that. Where I've had a lot of other partners in the past be very like, well, for most reading, why can't we just have sex? It's like, or mm. stuff like that. I'm like, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, I hear you. Even like for me, how I how I do sex, <laughs> my way of sex is like that I I use a vibrator, right, on myself, which mm-hmm. is essentially which is a masturbating. So even when I am in a couple scenario, I have that vibrator and I'm I've, I've masturbating never, I've never come from any kind of penetration, like yeah, ever. No, me neither. Um and I've had a lot of partners be very like take it very personally that's which ha- which was always very weird to me like because yeah like i always um self-stimulate during sex as well yeah um and that's the only way i get off like i don't even um like i don't like other people touching my clit like my clit's mine yeah yeah yeah, I'm yeah very yeah. protective of it yeah i'm i'm um, very similar yeah and so like other people stimulate it doesn't feel super great yeah but i like to do it myself yeah um yeah i'll let them do it for a little bit but yeah. i'm like okay but I'll finish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like this. a very little <laughs> yeah. bit. I'm like, okay, now me. <laughs> um, now I will take over, please. <laughs> if anything's actually going to happen, I'll uh, I'll pick this up. <laughs> and I have a great time. Uh, and sex is super fun. Yeah, me as, too. Like, they're fine with that. But I've definitely had partners in the past get very hung up on it. Um, and that makes it makes it so stressful. Because then it just feels like the sex is for them. And it's not really a, like oh, I'm not following the formula you saw in that porn video yesterday, so it's not Valid right. somehow. Or, or right. Yeah. yeah, we didn't do it right. Yeah, we didn't which is actual sex and stuff like that. Which, which is bullshit. Or it makes you also feel like, like I have felt like that I'm, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Which is fucking bullshit. Because yeah. like as far as I know, it's actually like a really low percentage of women that, mm-hmm. that come just from penetration. Like it's yeah. really low. 
Um, and then, you know, it gets a little higher for women that are self-stimulating, like we were talking about during penetration. Yeah. And then it's like even, even goes even higher for women that just get off just through self-stimulation mm-hmm. and no penetration at all. And like, that's, that's where I am. And it's like, there's like, it's such a spectrum. Like, and yeah. I, I, cause I've come across men who have said like, oh, every single partner got off through penetration. And I'm like... The odds are that they didn't. (laughs) I mean, maybe you have really, you're really lucky. Yeah. You just, yeah. It's not even that you're, you're good at that point. That's just a lottery. Like, yeah, I feel like he won the lottery. If all of those orgasms were truthful (laughs) Um, and the person, and also the person retelling it is being Mm. truthful. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that. Like lying during set, like lying about orgasms is as common as it is. But it's like, there's so like, yeah, like someone getting upset that I won't let them touch my clit, and yep. so they do it. And I'm like, okay, I just want this over with, and so I, I tend to orgasm. Yeah, I see the uh, argument for and against yeah. uh, faking an orgasm for sure. Like ideally, nobody is because you want to during sex. That's the time where you want to be really communicating about what's mm-hmm. really pleasurable for you. You know, uh, and so that they're learning what what to do yeah. to you know make you get off, or even if it's not about getting off, like just what's you're teaching what feels them. What good and what doesn't? Yeah, yeah, you're teaching them through you know all your reactions and like verbal stuff and mm. body language. That's all informing the partner of what to do more of and what to do less of, mm. and you know. So if you're faking an orgasm, that that's they're just gonna think that. They're like, going to keep doing that just going to keep doing the thing you don't like. <laughs> yeah, they're going to do the thing that you just faked about. Yeah. I had a partner that, but, um, like, just didn't come very often. Yeah. They just, they didn't orgasm. Um, and, like, we'd have sex and stuff. It was just, like, like orgasm was never the end goal because it was just, just became stressful if yeah. we just kept focusing on it. So yeah. we're just like, okay, we had fun. We're done now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is good, I think. That's mm-hmm. and that was a male partner. Yeah. Yeah, because that's I feel like that's a position that I've been put in lots of times where it's like uh if there's a lot of pressure for me to have an orgasm. That yeah, I'm it, definitely the, not orgasming when yeah, someone is like Yeah, it might be difficult. Yeah, yeah, if they're really focusing on it and really want it to happen and I'm in my head about it at that point it's like yeah. it's not happening and it's like okay, let's just try we'll try later is like yeah. the thing, you know what I mean? Like so I think that's that's a really good way to come about sex, you know, mm-hmm. is to think that the orgasm isn't necessarily the end goal. Yeah, the that's end what I goal think is, it too. is just, pleasure. Yeah, did you have fun? I had fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we, did we have a good time here today? <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, do you? So I'm I'm a masturbator as well. I'm a big masturbator. <laughs> do you use a toy? Do you use? Not often. No, I've tried a bunch of different toys, but mostly I just use my hand. Like, yeah, that's always been my like go to. Yeah. Do you need anything like some pornography or a story or I'll usually watch something? porn. Usually watch porn? Yeah, I usually watch porn. I yeah. used to read more porn. Yep. But lately I've just been watching it. I um just recently have like I always used to watch porn when I masturbate. Always, always. And also also I usually watched like most of the time I watched the exact same type of porn. So mm-hmm. I like had a really pigeonholed kind of myself into like watching very similar things mm-hmm. while I was doing this very exact like the toy is on the setting the one setting like so I was having kind of a pigeonholed experience which 
is fine. I masturbated like that for like years and years and it was great and it worked, right? But just like recently, I kind of took porn out of the equation and I like really surprised myself that I could get out off without porn. Like I'm still using my vibrator, but like, like just little things like that where I can surprise myself that I'm a little more diverse than I thought I was. Like, I like to try to alternate the kind of porn I'm watching. Yes, even often. that. Like, yeah, it's a little hard at first because like you get stuck on one thing and then to alternate is that was is me. Weird. Yeah, that was. And me. so I try to alternate a bit just to remind myself that like, yeah, you like other things and like this is not the only sexy thing and that like yeah yeah because I feel like yeah like it's. It's easy like, to get in a, a, in a pattern. Washing exactly, but it's just like it's like teaching your it's brain. When you get overexposed, it's, like it's like this makes you feel this way. Or yeah. it's like no, that's not the case. Like lots of things. Make yeah, me the feel Pavlov's this way. dog thing. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. To remind yourself, remind your brain that like mm-hmm. there are other things that yeah. you could be doing yeah. that are also fun and sexy. Yeah, yeah. And it took a while at first. Like the first time I did it without porn, like. And I thought I'd try it because, like, I was having some very sexy experiences in my regular life. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, I had some very vivid images of, like, some play that I had, um, like, the day before. And I was, like, I think these images are, you know, are enough, like, Mm -hmm. that I don't need the visual. And it took a while, like, as you were saying, that, you know, it's going to take a while to kind of break it. But, like, and then every time I did it after that, it, like got easier and easier and like less time took less time to do it and now I'm like I don't I don't watch porn I've watched porn for so many years <laughs> so many years you off it. and I I don't know like and I that's great that people watch porn mm-hmm. and I do love you find it better like do you find your experience like that's better an interesting now, question or? I would say yeah because I'm actually kind of paying more attention to what I'm doing to like my body Mm, I feel like porn um why I liked porn for so long and why I think a lot of people like porn is because you don't have to engage your brain really yeah at least I didn't when I watched porn it was like the thing to do when you just needed to turn off and Mm -hmm. get off like turn off and get off like (laughs) you know what I mean like like to me to think it's a strange thing to think about like you're trying to get yourself to orgasm but at the same time disconnecting from your body yeah yeah yeah. and like I I, I'm definitely not saying anything negative about porn watching because I love I still consider myself like a porn lover and watcher but like I feel like yeah, like I had to, I, I never just would think when I masturbated. I would never be thinking. But like now I'm like thinking while I'm masturbating. It seems so basic. <laughs> but I'm like, wow, okay, that doesn't detract from my masturbating experience to have to have a little bit of like focusing, thinking time. I also find like a lot more if I like um, masturbate without porn, I'm paying attention to the rest of my body as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'll, yeah. like I'll play with my own boobs and stuff like that while mm-hmm. I'm masturbating. Mm-hmm. When I'm watching porn, it's just kind of like there's, there's one movement going on. <laughs> <laughs> one very distinct small and movement this, going like, on. Scrolling. Yeah, <laughs> and the thumb scrolling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's funny. That's funny you mentioned that because like what I'm picturing is like scenarios that I was in. So I'm almost like I'm using my mouth. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I'm th- if I'm thinking of a time where I received like a facial or when I like yeah, you're was giving head, like my mouth is like open, like I'm engaged. My face is engaged. Mm-hmm. Like that's interesting that you mentioned that. And that really just, like, I don't know. I'm always, like, a pat on the back when I'm, like, just a little more versatile than than mm-hmm. I thought I was. Because for so long, I think I was conditioned to think that because I get off only with a vibrator and I have to watch porn, that, like, it's that same thing of, like, I'm not doing it right like mm-hmm. like something's wrong and that's why I need to do those things mm-hmm. and that I should be trying to not do those things and it's like well no you should do what's pleasurable for you yeah because what you know pleasurable things are good for you to do yeah like <laughs> how you get there is yeah is yeah it's kind of moot mm-hmm. you know so I always kind of so I don't know how I feel about now me being like yay I don't need porn good for me you know what I mean? There's like it helps a conflict. When you're out of a Wi-Fi zone, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I was out of Wi-Fi for like the last two weeks, and it was a little harder first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Like when I was on, um, I was forced to like improvise like another time where I was like on a vacation and I didn't bring a vibrator. I don't know why I didn't bring a vibrator, but I used my electric toothbrush, mm-hmm. and like that was another thing. I was like, "Good for me! Oh my god, <laughs> I did a thing that was not using my vibrator, and I still got off, <laughs> even though it was like so clearly still a vibrating <laughs> thing." But like, whatever. I'm like, "Yay!" But that's just interesting. Even like when you're alone in your bed masturbating, all that you're still being informed of like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know that like you're not doing it. Right. Yeah. It's like you're there by yourself. Yeah. Nobody's watching. You're literally, nobody's judging. Nobody you're fucking judging even knows you're there doing it. Yeah. And like still all that shit is there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, body image stuff. Like just, yeah, it's interesting. That's how brainwashed we are, right? Yeah. About it's, like. It's like, oh, I shouldn't do this by myself. It's wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, you can, you can, you can do whatever you want. Um. Okay. Want to do, I've got like. A few minutes left, and I really like doing, like, a quick-fire round okay. of questions that I'll just I'll just think up on the spot. Um, are you game? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Miss Pixie, are you game? What is your favorite position? Uh, definitely doggy style. <laughs> wow, that was weird. I hope that the dog... I hope the dog picked up on the mic. Oh, my God. I hope the dog picked up on the mic. <laughs> Wow, that was so good. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny. Okay, sorry. Doggy style. Yeah, that's my favorite. I also like doggy style. What what do you like about it? Is I don't it, know. I feel like just like the penetration just feels The penetration like, part is I don't know feeling really good. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's like deeper in that position or yeah. like what or if it's hitting differently it just I don't know it feels a lot more intense I think I like I, I think I like I'm... the way like the back my back like that feels and I like the like I don't know hands on my butt yeah just feels like a good solid yeah <laughs> good solid position mm-hmm. like like for me I like that position and it's actually not because of the way the penetration feels for me it's like 
the sexiness of the position. Like, I feel submissive that way. Mm -hmm. Like, there's that kind of element that is attractive to me. Mm -hmm. And also, I just, like, I think I'm confident about my bum. So, like... To have oh, my so have butt bum there. Display. Yeah, yeah I like, like my bum, too. Yeah, I'm like, ooh. Do I like having my hair pulled in that position, too? Like, it's yeah. a lot harder in... In other positions. Yeah. yeah, you have to, like, reach around. Yeah. <laughs> they got it right there. <laughs> they got that ponytail right in their hands. Um, what is your best place you've had sex? So, I don't, like, ever squirt. Okay. Like, it just doesn't happen. Okay. Except for, like, this cottage that my partner and I go to sometimes. I don't know... If it's what like is about the some cottage? sacred space or something, but it just happens every time there. <laughs> <laughs> At the cottage. At the cottage, yeah. I love that. I had a hot makeout in a car recently. I haven't had I haven't I done haven't any had ca- great car experience. Me neither, not in a long no. time. <laughs> like we uh I guess like more people might do car stuff when they're younger because that's kind of like Easy to get away from the parents. Yeah, yeah. you got to get away to, from, exactly, get away from the parents. So I feel like I haven't had, like, any good, like, car moments in a really long time. Like, 10, 20 years, I don't know if I've potentially. ever had good car moments. I had a hot car um, makeout, and I was like, okay, nice. redeem the car for me. <laughs> redeem the car, everybody. What is your favorite prop to use in the bedroom? A, a toy or, a, or an implement or a costume piece? Um, I like dressing up. I do. I really like dressing up. I like when my partners dress up. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite. It's just costumes. By dressing up, you mean like character costumes or like lingerie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Characters more. Sometimes got uh, lingerie, but yeah, mostly characters. Some characters. So that's yeah. larping. Just bringing the larping LARP. out from the oh, I've had forest. So much sex at larp. Into, like, oh yeah, so much larp sex. <laughs> yeah, in character, out of character, all the way around. Yeah, forests. Forests. Yeah. yeah. So that's fields. probably my big thing. It's forests. Forests and fields. Full costume forest sex. (laughs) Great. Um, What is your favorite type of role play? Do you do role, like, like non-LARPing role play? Like, in the Um, bedroom, just, like, are you guys talking? I like a lot of talk, yeah. Yeah, I I like like a lot of talk. talk. Are there, like, roles that you kind of fall into naturally when you're talking in bed? Um, I'm typically more, like, submissive, but that depends on the partner, typically. Yes. But, yeah, it's usually... Uh, like I like rough sex, so it's mm-hmm. usually like a servant kind of role, but like yep. rougher usually did something bad. Rough around yeah. <laughs> some sort of punishments. Of yeah, Punish- I like punishment, punishment play, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, some punishment scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like group sex of any kind? Yes, I do. I haven't had it in a long, long time, mm-hmm. um, but I do like it. Yes, I also do. I, I've always really wanted to have two men at the same time oh, that has girl. never happened oh girl yeah don't get me started <laughs> on wanting to have two men it's not gonna happen for me you can get like 12 women in a room no problem oh, i know <laughs> i know two guys it's just like oh so hard yeah it is <laughs> i don't know if i feel good or if i feel bad that you haven't had you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. i like like that Oh, thank God. No, it's not just me. <laughs> not that, everyone that... else is out there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or is it just really sad, though, that none of us can have it? It's just, I don't know, is it one or the other? Uh, yeah, I feel like with my current partner to do that, well, I feel like I know this for a fact, that if I'm going to have like a two men scenario, it has to be like two other men. 
Like, oh, yeah, he's not going to be one of them. <laughs> no, he is not going to be one of them. He's made that abundantly clear. I don't know, but for me, I like, I'd like to see more group sex in my future. Mm. If I could. <laughs> oh, which leads me into a, a fun question. Uh, for your next session, sex session, that's what they call it, right? Um, for the next, <laughs> next appointment. Time, yeah. your next sexual appointment. <laughs> uh, what would you like to happen for the next time you have sex? Next time I have sex? Yeah. I would like to... Oh, I don't know. If you could have sex tomorrow. Can I have sex tomorrow? I can't have, I I can't have sex I tomorrow. Could. What am I going to do tomorrow? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just give me your to-do list. Yeah. Actually, what you're gonna do tomorrow? <laughs> I just have it scheduled. Mm-hmm. I have like a little spreadsheet. Like, oh yeah, maid costume. <laughs> I forgot. Thanks for reminding um, me. I don't know. I'm not sure how to answer that question. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm often left unsatisfied. Unsatisfied. <laughs> like, there's nothing sitting there. Like, oh, I wish I could do this with my partner. That that's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I'm getting everything that I want out, yeah. of, out of that. And if I wanted something more, it would be an easy conversation. Yeah, you would just ask yeah. for it. Yeah. Oh, fucking great. Sorry, I guess that's, that's not so as, great. as interesting an answer. No, that's, a, <laughs> that's an amazing answer, and, like, good for you guys. That's fucking amazing. All right, Pixie, we're pretty much at time here, lady. Do you have any uh, shows coming up? This will air, like, in a couple weeks. Um, Some shows and maybe your uh, social media uh, stuff? Yeah, so I'm at uh, the atomic the underscore atomic underscore pixie mm-hmm. at on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, just the atomic pixie on Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a show coming up the first Wednesday of October. Mm-hmm. What show is that? And that is Reveal Me. Yeah, tell me a bit about Reveal Me. I've actually never been to one. Um, it's a monthly show that's done on the first Wednesday of every month mm-hmm. at the Rivoli. Yeah. And it's meant to showcase, to bring in, um, so there's two sections of the show. There's the, the Virgin Vixens and the, the Pro Peelers. And so it's usually like the Virgin Vixens in the first half and the Pro Peelers in the second. And so it's supposed to bring new performers and like seasoned performers together into one show mm-hmm. with the intention of like helping new people get their kind of leg in. And mm-hmm. so there's video provided, there's photos and stuff. So people um, have like, it's sometimes really hard to find, get videos of your performances and stuff like that. So... It's meant to help people, like, get their leg in and, and start getting into the, the scene and, like, meet other performers and meet seasoned performers or... and Network. Network. Resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the kind of focus of the show. That's totally amazing. Uh, what what uh, is... Are you doing... Speaking of festivals, are you doing anything coming up for, like, fall, winter or... Uh, October 13th. I'll be in Ottawa with the Femme Diagrams Nice for that weekend for the uh, Ottawa Burlesque Festival. Nice. And the Femme Diagrams is your female burlesque troupe yes. that you're part of, who is awesome. <laughs> it's our third festival, so we're pretty excited. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you, Atomic Pixie. Uh, thank you so much for coming and meeting with me this evening, talking to me. You've thank been you for great. Having me. My pleasure. Everyone, this has been once again Atomic Pixie, and I'm Aaron Pym, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. Check back weekly, everybody, because we release a new episode every single Friday. And if you want to rate and review the podcast on iTunes while you're there, that'd be oh so lovely. If you're in Toronto and want to see Bedpost live, the variety stage show runs at the Social Capital Theater the third Friday of every month at eight. 
For more information on everything Bedpost, please visit us at our website, bedpost.ca. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, shoot me an email at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com.